Language Talk is a series of podcasts of interest to Kentucky World Language Association members seeking information about important events, initiatives, and professional development opportunities. Each month, we will be talking with people in the know about world languages from across the state. Topics range from collaboration to the program review, from ACTFL news to interviews with master teachers. Language Talk is produced monthly by the Kentucky World Language Association Board and the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Kentucky. Welcome to Language Talk KWLA. This is your host, Laura Shea Youngworth, and today's topic is biliteracy, in particular the seal of biliteracy. The United States is becoming more and more diverse. The Census Bureau projects three decades from now no single racial or ethnic group will be a majority. Let me repeat that. No single racial or ethnic group will be a majority. Our society will be a true plurality nation. But plurality does not stop at one skin color or heritage. It contains multiple facets, one of which is language. Three decades from now, our nation will need an unprecedented number of multilingual speakers, citizens who can communicate in not just English, but another world language, and who can function in personal and job-related ways. But are our schools prepared to handle such a need? Whatever your initial answer might be to that question, hold on to it for a minute, and let's look at some of the trends. Across the nation, immersion programs are expanding exponentially. However, opportunities such as dual language programs that support students who are already speaking another language, who are already bilingual, and helping them become biliterate are minimally increasing. It seems the main focus for the United States and most of the states here is to increase students' literacy skills in English and not a second language. As per what language our students are actually studying, The report of foreign language enrollment in grades K through 12 showed that over 6 million students are in a traditional K through 12 program, somewhere enrolled in one, with the highest enrollment being in Spanish, followed by French, then German, Latin, and Japanese. While at the university level, the diversity of studied world languages increases dramatically, with Spanish and French leading the pack, but followed by American Sign Language, German, and Italian. So, are more students studying a world language? Well, that depends where you ask the question, what state you're in. In Kentucky, the total number of students studying a world language has increased over 60,000 students between 2015 and 16, with Spanish, Chinese, French, and Japanese showing the largest language increases. So what does this all mean? Well, for me, the answer is we need to continue increasing the number of students who choose to study a world language. We need to guide our instructional focus so that students learning a language other than English achieve high levels of language proficiency and are able to use their language in real-world situations, meeting the needs of our plurality nation. Lastly, we need to support the native or heritage speakers in our schools and ensure that their literacy skills continue to grow, not just in English, but also in their first language. So... There is an initiative sweeping the nation that addresses both of these needs, the need of our communities and the need of students, and it's the SEAL of biliteracy. The story of the SEAL began in California. A group of concerned citizens created a way to recognize students who had attained high levels of language proficiency in both English and another world language as demonstrated on proficiency in state assessments. 
This recognition was an award, actually a seal, that was placed on their diploma and or transcript. And it didn't only honor the student's attainments, but it communicates to potential employers and community members the student's language abilities. Now let's put this in perspective and think how many times have you met someone who said, yeah, I can speak another language. And in speaking with them, you realize that they can only say the most basic memorized expressions. Thus, their proficiency levels, novice load and novice mid, which is basically non-functioning in most job scenarios. So seeing this need in 2011, California legislation was passed to award deserving students the seal of biliteracy. Since then, numerous states and districts have followed suit and the seal is sweeping the nation. So joining us today is Arthur Cho, part of the California Seal of Biliteracy Group. Welcome, Arthur, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. What is your role with the Seal of Biliteracy? My day jobs, actually I work at a publishing house called Velasquez Press, which we publish Velasquez Spanish and the English Dictionary since 1852. Oh, wow. And uh, we start working with Californians together on Seal of Biliteracy in 2010. At that time, we are trying to pass the law in California for the Seal of Biliteracy law. So we started working with them doing a lot of projects, and we passed a law in California in 2010, and we thought this is a good idea, maybe we should build a website, then we can uh, you know, push this nationwide. So the CLBiliteracy.org was born in 2011. Oh, okay, so the law passed in 2010, and then the website, okay, gotcha. That clarifies yes. that. And then <laughs> to date, right now, how many states have actually adopted the seal of biliteracy? Okay, so the, for the state, officially there are 23 states, including Washington, D.C., okay. and there are five more states are working. Uh, they have the bill in the legislation. Uh, so there are 28 altogether, but 23 have the law. Goodness, that's wonderful. And then are there any school districts or schools that have passed it? Depends on your definition. For example, in Colorado, they pass in the district first, then they bring to the state. And some other state do the other way. They have the state first, then the district adopt that, like New York. So California, we do the district first. uh, Then we actually track how many district has the seal now. We track about 1,000 school districts so far, which have the seal of biliteracy in the year of 2016. Wow, that's that's a huge amount. Um, it is. <laughs> now, the SEAL recognizes students who have achieved high levels of proficiency in both English and another language. What is the most common other language for SEAL candidates? Spanish is always number one, and we do see a lot of Chinese and French. Uh, they are the top two and the top three. Okay. Any others that are popping up? Uh, we have sign language, uh, which is popular. Portuguese is popular, hmm. too. Yeah, and every state's different, so. Right, right. Have there been yeah. any languages that might have challenged your all's original thinking about this, where you all kind of had to approach things a little differently? Yes, uh, I think it's especially difficult for Native American language uh, because there are quite a few languages that are over a language. For example, the language like Mixteca, we have a lot of Mixteca language speakers in California, uh, but there's no written language. So how do you test that? How do you meet the full requirement? Uh, that's a challenge. 
uh, Dakota uh, in, in those language, the Native American language tend to be more challenging in that sense. So are they like adapting the expectations? Yeah. Okay. Every state inter interpret differently. And another interesting one is Latin. Latin, because nobody speaks Latin anymore. So how do you test speaking Latin? That's another challenge you want to. Well, you need to come to the University of Kentucky because we are full of uh, students doing active Latin and speaking it in the hallways yeah. and on the elevators. Wow. So they're around. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> now, here's a, a really big question, okay? Yes. If a listener, they've been listening, they're like, hey, you know, I might want to start a SEAL, a biliteracy, in their school district or maybe at their school level. What steps should they take? Uh, what things should they consider in order to get this rolling? Okay. The first thing I would say, get information first. I would recommend you to go to our website, sealofbiliteracy.org. We have a step-by-step -step guide, six steps which will guide you through uh, how the school district started the sale of biliteracy. Okay. Uh, on those steps, we actually have a lot of sample letters in English and Spanish, and some are in Chinese. So you can get the community involved. You can get the district to do the resolution. All the sample are done by the school district have done that before. They're all free for you to use it. So feel free to go to the website, take a look, look at those steps. And I also recommend you to, uh, to follow our Facebook page or our Twitter account to find out who are interesting to working on this right now. We connect people together. So one of our job on our website is if you are interested to do the CBI literacy on your school district, we're trying to help bring you some helps that way. Okay, so that supports right there on the website, which is great. Now, exactly. starting it in a district is one thing, but doing yeah. it at the state level, I'm sure, is a different beast. So Very different. <laughs> what, what would you recommend if somebody wants to start at the state level? Yeah. We also do the same thing. Uh, we have a task force with ACFO right now. We are trying to help the state who want to do the CL literacy to uh, first we bring them together, help them to talk to each other, and we help them to connect the group together because very often in the state for example like colorado they have a group from foreign language teacher also bilingual teacher esl teacher they're all in, they're both interesting on civil literacy right. also we're trying to connect them with the business group you know there are a lot of business who want to hire bilingual you know uh, employees so they are interesting to work on the bill with the education group so the goal here is we want to connect the different community together and let us know. We will definitely help you. And ACFO has been very helpful. Um, they are building this task force. So if you are going to Boston this year for the ACFO, let us know. We would love to meet you there. That sounds awesome. You, you just said something, though, that I think is interesting. You mentioned kind of connecting with the community, getting them involved in the process. And you mentioned ESL or ELL educators yes. and, and getting them on board. Um, yes. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, why why the community? Why ELL? Oh, very often. I think on the whole ESL, ESL program, uh, there's a paradigm shift that they are teaching the ESL students from the traditional deficit model to asset model. 
which means they honor their native language heritage, uh, take it as an asset rather than a liability. So there, we see a lot of dual-link school are pop up. You know, we would track that. We have about 1,500 dual-link school in the United States today. Uh, Ten years ago, there's only 400. Oh, so huge. there's definitely a, a paradigm shift on the ESL. So getting involved, they definitely want to do this for sure. Okay. So have you seen um, any reaction among the professional community employers about this certificate and how it's helping students? Yes, we actually have on our website, if you go to our research, UCLA actually conducted a study about the literacy on the impact, and that report is on the website. Uh, the generally speaking, they're very, it's very, very positive. Most business groups love to have the CL because when they hire the employee, they want to know the students are they are really bilingual or not. So that CL from the state really give the recognition and help the employee to find out, you know, who are really bilingual or they just claim they are bilingual. That's great. If a listener has a question, uh, they want to find out more from you. They want to talk to you one on one. How might they contact you? My recommendation here is that if you send me the email, let me give you my email address, okay. which is info, I-N-F-O, at org. That's one way. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash literacy, Or we can communicate with us on Twitter account, which is twitter.com backslash seal. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Arthur, for kind of giving us a a bigger view of the seal. We really appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Okay, have a great day. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So if you are interested in learning more about the Seal of Biliteracy, I encourage you to visit their website, which is www.sealofbiliteracy.org, so it's all one word, and read what other states and districts have to do. Uh, Arthur mentioned there's resources there, and I was quite taken back how many resources there are. You can click on almost any state and their plan and what they've done, and it's all there. Uh, All you have to do is read and kind of choose what other states are doing or districts and, and just borrow from it. So they're really supportive in the way they've set up their website. On Twitter, uh, they are at hashtag seal of biliteracy or hashtag biliteracy or look at your state. There might be a state group working together. So kind of snoop around and see if there's already a SEAL team forming, like Kentucky's working on forming one this September, and see if you can be a part of it. And finally... Uh, the Seal of Literacy is doing a great job tweeting out and putting on Facebook any meetings that might be happening and so on, or sessions at a conference. And I know at our upcoming KWLA session, Jackie Van Houten and myself will be going over the basics, sharing what Jefferson and Fayette counties are doing to take preliminary steps in bringing the Seal to our districts, and then how we can all join together in a big movement. So there are those opportunities for you. So, with the seal wrapped up, it's now time for our polyglotting news. And bringing you the university and college updates is Jean-Marie Rouillet-Willoughby from the University of Kentucky. Thanks, Laura. UK hopes to host another World Language Day this academic year, probably in February again, after a year off due to construction on the University Student Center. We're trying to figure out the logistics, but we'll keep you posted on developments. 
one of the most exciting opportunities for students of world language in college is studying abroad. The Kentucky universities and colleges have a range of programs in all the languages we teach. This year at UK, for example, the Arabic program, as well as others, of course, is offering a six-week summer program in Amman, Jordan. The program will be held at the University of Jordan, the country's oldest and largest university, and will offer four levels of Arabic, so students can begin with no knowledge of the language or take advanced classes. If you're interested, contact the program director, Dr. Kadir Zanoun, who you can find on mcl.as.uky.edu, our website. If you're looking for language resources, you should check out the international programming on WRFL 88.1. There's Russian radio from 2 to 4 p.m. on Thursdays, El Tren Latino from 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturdays, and world music from a wide range of countries from 4 to 6 p.m. and 11 to midnight on Sundays. You can go to WRFL.FM for more info on schedules or to stream the feed. September is a festival time in the bluegrass, and one of the most interesting set of festivals has to do with the local Latino community. The Festival Latino de Lexington is on Friday and Saturday night, September 16th and 17th, in the Courthouse Plaza downtown. There'll be music, food, cultural activities, and more. If you're interested, go to the Facebook page of Festival Latino Lexington to find out the details. Also, at the Arts Place Gallery, there'll be a Latino art blend. is an experience of the cultural values and aesthetic approaches embodied in the Latin American community and many of Kentucky's Hispanic artists. It's running from September 9th to the 15th. Finally, the Day of the Dead celebration is at the Living Arts and Sciences Center on November 1st from 5 to 9 p.m. Along with the Festival Latino, this is among one of the best events in Lexington this fall. There'll be traditional dances, art exhibits, crafts, music, and a walk to see the Day of the Dead altars constructed by local students and artists. You can find out more at www.lasclex.org. Wonderful. And for KWA, our annual conference is quickly approaching. Unfortunately, it's the same weekend as the Latino Festival in Lexington. That sometimes happens, but it's in Louisville. It starts September 15th through the 17th, and pre-registration has closed, so you will need to register on site if you have not done so. The Thursday evening, there are several workshops available that one can attend, but then Friday and Saturday are full days of workshops and sessions, and during each time slot, there are multiple choices of one of sessions one can go to. This is the largest world language conference uh, geared towards teachers and their instructional practices in the state, and we really encourage everyone to attend. So... This wraps up our podcast on the seal of biliteracy. I wish to thank our guest, Arthur Cho, for taking the time to call in and share about the seal. Special thanks to Jean-Marie Rouillet-Willoughby, the producer of this podcast series, and the University of Kentucky for providing the location and broadcasting. This is Laura Roche-Youngworth for Language Talk KWLA, and keep up the great teaching.